Welcome in, everybody. You do have Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios today. I am out here at my home away from home, the one, the only, the one, Riverwind Casino on a Friday where you can come out and have yourself a great lunch, play some games, maybe win a jackpot. I know this. You guys know that Riverwind is basically a one-stop shop for entertainment, dining. They've got a great hotel, big-time concerts out here. They are currently undergoing uh, remodeling, which uh, I would say they're in the fourth quarter of the remodel now. They've renovated a lot of the areas here, which look spectacular. But they still have all your favorite gaming machines out here, great poker room, great bars and dining, tremendous promotions. The new member seven again, come out, sign up for a Riverwind wild card, and win yourself $450 in one day. That's a heck of a deal. We've got concerts on the way. I know right now they have the electronic gaming area in the Showplace Theater. That is a non-smoking gaming area right now, but soon it'll be the Showplace Theater again. We'll have some great shows. Earth, Wind, and Fire is going to be here. Tickets aren't available yet. Uh, the official announcement, not just yet, but you can pretty much book it. Earth, Wind, and Fire is going to be the first show out. If not the first show out, one of the very first shows out when we reopen the Showplace Theater. They always have the great summer concert series, the Beats and Bites Festival, outdoors, which is tremendous. What's not to like here at Riverwind Casino? That's why it's voted year after year after year the number one casino experience in the metro area. Parker Thune, how are we doing on this Friday? It's a Friday, Mike. I am living my best life. Junior day is tomorrow. Hopefully it won't be too much longer before we get this 2024 class rolling for Oklahoma. So from a recruiting perspective, pretty much all is well and good right now. Still some uncertainty, well, some newfound uncertainty, I should say, regarding Michael Hawkins' timeline, but I think it's going to be largely water under the bridge because as soon as Alabama hires an offensive coordinator, whenever that may be, and we do not expect it to be Jeff Levy, uh, that's going to make the Hawkins case pretty much open and shut at that point in my belief. Yeah, and we will get into uh, that a lot more in our second segment today. Uh, Cole Kublik with some comments on the Fine Bomb show about Jeff Levy and uh, interest from Alabama. I, we don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he thinks it's going to happen. But Jeff Levy's name is certainly out there, the Sooners' offensive coordinator. And, again, we'll broach that subject coming up in the second segment. But tomorrow at the LNC, the number two team in college basketball, rolls into Norman. The Crimson Tide of Alabama, number two in the nation. Nate Oates has done a great job there. They play fun basketball, man. They're going to shoot threes. They're going to get up and down the floor. They remind me a little bit of a Billy Tubbs team. They want to shoot, man. They want you to try and run with them. They feel like they can out-athlete you. Uh, the Sooners are going to have to try and slow it down like Mississippi State did the other night. The Bulldogs in Tuscaloosa only lost by three. Alabama was actually down by seven at the half in that game. But this is a very talented Alabama team. Let's hear from the Sooners head coach, Porter Moser, on Alabama. You know what? They're as good as they are in the country. I mean, they, they go 7-1, 6-10, 6-9 across the front line. Brandon Miller, um, people come in and see he'll, he's projected he'll probably be the number two pick in the whole draft. Um, and he truly is, is a special player. He's a Kevin Durant type of player. But they, they, they play a certain style where they, they, they pl- they, they, they're trying to shoot more threes than you. They get to the foul line more than you, and then they they're going to go offensive rebounder with the seven one and six six ten kids. They just um, we have to get back in transition. They they lead the country in like scoring in the first five seconds. 
Um, but they just they're going to launch. You're going to see 30, 35 threes launched. And they're long, and they can shoot it, and they go get it. And we've got to control that pace. We've got to get back in transition and limit the threes because they score so easily. And then they're hard to score against because they're taking away the three, mm-hmm. and they're daring you to go to the rim, and then they got these rim rim protectors. So they're on a roll. I mean, we've watched them on, you know, they went into Arkansas, sold out. They won double figures. They won 20-something at Missouri. They went to Houston when Houston was number one in the country and beat Houston at Houston. They're just on a roll. I, we, we, they beat. They were up 37 at halftime against LSU. Cool. There you go. That was Porter Moser on uh, the Plank Show this morning uh, with Chris Plank and uh, Josh Helmer right here on the ref. Obviously, high praise for Alabama, as you would expect. And he mentioned Brandon Miller, the 6'9 freshman, who is one of the best players in the country. Great prospect, averaging 19.5 points per game, eight rebounds, two assists. He's shooting 40 percent from three-point range now when we talk about the upcoming nba draft which will happen this summer we are talking about him victor wamanyama we know is going number one that's the biggest clear-cut case we've had since lebron james but uh scoot henderson a lot of people like scoot henderson the guard uh as the second player going in the draft but I would say Brandon Miller is right there, probably at number three. I know Porter said number two. Maybe he does go because of his size over Scoot Henderson. And when you compare him to Kevin Durant, that's a pretty good guy to be compared to. So Brandon Miller, one of the better players in the country. And Alabama, again, they're going to play a fun brand of basketball. This will be two contrasting styles going at it. And the question is, Parker, how many bruises and scars are, are left after TCU earlier this week? And can this Oklahoma basketball team pick itself up off the canvas after being knocked out by the Horn Frogs and uh, give Alabama, you know, a, a run for their money and have a shot in this game tomorrow? Well, I'm not counting on it, Steely. And we talked about where this basketball program is right now earlier in the week and the reality that they just don't seem to have the athletes to be able to go toe-to-toe with the nation's best. And Alabama is unquestionably one of the nation's best. You don't have to look any further than their number two national ranking to see that. So I am not counting on Oklahoma hanging with Alabama tomorrow. If by some minor miracle they do, then at the very least it's something that will build some confidence and get this team back in the right mindset as you head into the finishing kick of Big 12 play in the month of February. But at a certain point, and we've talked about it, this team is going to have to win a few games that it shouldn't win if they're going to get back in tournament contention. And the silver lining is that they're going to be afforded a bit more leeway because of the conference in which they play. But still, at a certain point, the win's got to start coming. Yeah, no doubt. And by the way, the comments uh, we just played from Porter Moser, our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman Midwest City and now a true uh, Tri-City location. Uh, in, of course, Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. Those full-service clinics do a great job at treating sports and orthopedic injuries. So, again, Ortho Central Clip of the Day. We love Ortho Central. They do a tremendous job. You know, if there is any hope, if you want to, you know, keep hope alive here, a win against Alabama would be, you know, that that looks really good on your resume. Now, you're still going to have to finish at least 6-12, and 12, maybe 7-11. and 11. Uh, Maybe if you beat Alabama, the number two team in the country, maybe at 6-12 and 12, you could get into the tournament. I don't know. But, look, Oklahoma's uh, tournament hopes 
are uh, very diminished right now. They're not going to the tournament unless they turn this thing around. And the way to do that is to beat a really good quality basketball team. Alabama has lost twice this year. They lost by 15 to UConn in the Phil Knight Invitational on a neutral floor. They lost by 10 to Gonzaga in the CM Newton Invitational in Birmingham. So two losses, Bama coming in at 16-2. and two. How about, you know, if, if you're one of those SEC conspiracy theorists out there, you know, we get some of those on the text line and certainly on Twitter. And I don't know, maybe on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm about a 3 as, uh, you know, the – on the uh, the conspiracy theory, at least with the Big 12, really, is what I'm talking about. Because the last two years in this Big 12 SEC challenge, Oklahoma has been sent to number one Auburn last year, right? Where they had to take on Jabari Smith. And now they come back home. This year they get number two Alabama. Now, at least it's a home game, but you also get one of the best NBA prospects in college basketball you have to try and shut down, and Brandon Miller. So maybe there is a little – I don't know how involved the Big 12 is in saying, you know what, why don't we send Oklahoma to, to Auburn, Alabama, and then, yeah, this year let's let's make sure they get Alabama. I don't, I don't know about that. But it has been uh, – the Sooners have had the toughest slate, no doubt. Uh, really, it's not even that close in this uh, OU situation in the Big 12 SEC Challenge the last two years. Yeah, they have, and I think what is, is this the third straight year that they've played Alabama, to my recollection. And I think that's in, correct. Yeah, in all three cases, Alabama's fielded a really good basketball team. I believe OU won in 2021, Lon Kruger's final year, mm-hmm. and that was that yep. was kind of the game that turned around the season for no doubt. Oklahoma basketball that year because they were floundering, much like they are at this point. Alabama comes to town, Oklahoma lays it on them, and. I think they ended up winning, uh, to my recollection, something like seven of their next nine games or something, to the point where uh, until a late-season skid, they were very much in the discussion as a number two or even a number three seed in the NCAA tournament. So we've seen this game provide an opportunity for Oklahoma to turn the tide in the past, no pun intended. But does Porter Moser have the athletes? Does he have the ammunition, the firepower to be able to do to this Alabama team what Lon Kruger's final team at Oklahoma did a couple years back in route to turning around their season. Well, if it's going to happen, you've got to have Grant Sherfield wake up. There's there's no doubt. He was horrible in the TCU game, the early air ball, in the student section. They got all over him. I don't know how much that affected him, but he clearly – uh, has been way too inconsistent. He's a good player. At times, when he plays well, the Sooners really have a shot. So I think uh, keep an eye on Grant Sherfield tomorrow and uh, how he plays for Oklahoma, but Alabama clearly a heavy favorite in this matchup. All right, a couple things I want to tell you about. Special hello here in a second, and want to remind you about our pregame show tomorrow, 11 a.m. to 1230 we will be out at the Mont, a Norman institution. So if you're going to the Oklahoma-Alabama basketball game, and hopefully a lot of you are, stop by the Mont. Have yourself a great lunch there. Their queso is legendary. The swirls are legendary. The Mont is legendary. It'll be a great pregame stop for you tomorrow, 11 to 1230 at the Mont's. Uh, in Norman right there uh, next to Campus Corner. So also want to say a special hello to a listener out there 
who's uh, you know had had uh, a tough situation, just went through a big surgery. And I uh, want to say hello to one of our big listeners out there, Parker, who listens every day, Rob Boyer. Rob, we hope you get better. Hang in there. And we appreciate you listening every day. But we want to say a special hello and give a shout-out to one of our great Ref Army listeners, Rob Boyer. Rob, thanks for tuning in. And I hope you get better, my man. Thank you so much, all right? Okay, let's break. I'm here at Riverwind. We want to thank Last Year Home Comfort Systems as well, 405 405- Heating and air needs, you need those addressed. Tim Lasher is a great company. Lasher Home Comfort Systems will do that for you. All right, we're underway. It's Friday. Let's party. Well, I don't really party anymore, but figuratively, not literally. You guys can party if you want. Let's do it. All right, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, just getting underway here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Friday, Friday, Friday. Welcome in, everybody. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. I am at one of my favorite hangouts, Riverwind Casino, on a Friday. Great dining options out here. You have the River Buffet. Steak night tonight. All-you-can-eat steak, $29.99. Heck of a deal. All the side dishes you would expect and a great uh, dessert bar as well. Got to have that dessert. You know, that's that's the closer. That's the uh, Mariano Rivera item right there to come in and close you can even play inner sandman as you eat your pie or whatever you want to have with the dessert uh, bar afterwards and they've got uh, seafood night on saturday a big time brunch on sunday uh, chips and ales pub restaurant is incredible as well and they've got a great food court here at the one and only riverwind casino all right uh on paul Feinbaum's show the other day cole kublik who is a uh, former Auburn offensive lineman, but does a uh, sports show with Greg McElroy in Birmingham, was on uh, with Paul Feinbaum the other day, and uh, Paul Feinbaum asked Cole Kublik about the Jeff Levy, Oklahoma, Bama situation, and uh, let's hear that exchange. Jeff Levy is someone you dealt with at Ole Miss, now at Oklahoma. Is that someone that you see – fitting into the system or he, or would even leave Oklahoma for Alabama? The, would he leave Oklahoma is an interesting question, Paul, because keep in mind, he was a part of that group that, remember, we're getting the band back together, and, and all the Oklahoma guys were excited and went crazy. Oh, Strength Coach coming back. Levy's coming back. Like, Venables, we got our guys back together, which is awesome. Uh, I think Le- Jeff Levy is one of the best play callers in college football. I put him up there with Kendall Bryles, with Steve Sarkeesian. I'll put him up there against anybody else. Uh, Lane Kiffin, I, th- I think he's incredible. Um, the fit, which you also mentioned, would be intriguing. So does he want to leave, getting everybody back together there in Norman, uh, where things didn't go according to plan last year? And then two, how does it work? And I know a lot of fans don't understand, but I've had this conversation with Brian Dable. I've had it with Lane Kiffin. I've had it with Mike Loxley, and I- I've-, I've had it. Last year with Bill O'Brien, you don't come in and run your system. You don't come in and run your scheme. You come I had it with Steve Sarkeesian. You, you come in and run Nick Saban's offense. Now, you run it your way, and you call it the way that you want to call it, but it's his terminology. It's his style, so to speak. You just put your tweaks on it. There you go. Interesting comment there. And uh, Kublik went on to say he's not sure that Jeff Levy would – even be a really good fit at Alabama. 
he would be as far away from what I think Nick Saban wants to run, Paul, as any of the guys that I've mentioned before. And some had different things that I think Coach Saban wanted a little bit more of. With Lane, I think he wanted to go a little bit faster at that point in time. I think with Mike Lodgley, he liked a lot of the quarterback run stuff that he brought to the table. There was even a time that Lane Kiffin told us, like, listen, Mike's the one that knows all the quarterback run stuff back from the Illinois days. So he, he gives us that. I give the other stuff. So this would be probably as far away from what Nick Saban wants to do every game, week in, week out, as far as what Jeff Levy does week in and week out. Could they make it work? Absolutely, because Levy's that good. And I think Nick understands that he would give him a little bit of a longer leash in certain areas, but that offense is going to be able to help them be successful. And he's still going to have a lot of talent, no matter who the coordinator is. All right, Parker, we've talked about this, uh, you know, and I know I, I was out Monday and Tuesday, but we've talked, I'm sure you talked about it all week. Uh, we don't think that Jeff Levy is going to Alabama. Again, am I 100% certain? No, I would go like 95% for me. Uh, I think he's going to stay at Oklahoma. I think it would be a horrible look. He would be not mule shoe despised by the Sooner fan base, but if he left after saying all these grandiose things about the culture and what they're going to do along with Brent, and then he left for Alabama, that would be a horrible look for him. Um, and you were saying the Michael Hawkins decision, which we we were thinking again is going to be January 31st, is now he's just kind of waiting to see uh, what Bama is going to do for OC. Right. Yeah, and I think he's also waiting on getting the chance to interact with Jeff Levy in person this weekend because he's going to be up at Oklahoma for the junior day. And I would imagine at that point there's going to be an opportunity for the Hawkins family to sit down, look Jeff Levy in the eye, and get the gist of what's happening here. Because, as we've said, really no one in the Oklahoma circle expects Jeff Levy to leave Oklahoma. And I think Cole made a really good point in that Lebby was one of the guys that came to Oklahoma when Venables was getting the band back together, getting all those guys from the mid to late 2000s that had served on Oklahoma's staff together uh, back in Norman to kickstart the new era of OU football. And so for Lebby to leave after one year just doesn't make a lot of sense for a lot of reasons, uh, not the least of which is the presence of Jackson Arnold, for instance, as well as Dylan Gabriel, because that's Jeff Lebby's guy, and I'd be hard-pressed to believe uh, that he's just going to leave him hanging out to dry by taking the Alabama gig. I also think Jeff Lebby is a guy that, with another year or two under his belt as an offensive coordinator, regardless of whether that's at Oklahoma or elsewhere, is going to be in the conversation for some big-time head coaching jobs. And that, I believe, is going to be the next step for him. Yeah, look, I realize not everybody in the fan base is on board with Jeff Levy, but I remember when uh, Brent got hired, what was everybody talking about? Man, if you could get Brent to run the defense, then you bring in Jeff Levy, and yeah, you can talk about Ted Roof or whatever, but it's Brent's defense, and uh, everybody was excited about Jeff Levy. Now, 6-7 and seven changes that, but I still think probably most of the Oklahoma fans – like the system, you've got to get better players in that system. Dylan Gabriel had a you know had a good year, but could have a better year next year, you know, in this system. But for Jeff Levy personally, I mean, if he left for Alabama, and I don't care if it's Nick Saban and you know, Bama, Georgia's one now, and Bama's you know one A. Uh, but still, you want to ruin your reputation at the University of Oklahoma? Go to Alabama. 
I mean, again, he's not the head coach. It wouldn't be nearly, you know, the uh, the fan base just absolutely despising somebody like Muleshoe. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I can't see it happening. But there's some things, you know, I never thought that DJ Hicks would put on that A&M hat or Peyton Bowen would do signing day the way that went down. We've had some strange things happen, but I would still be really surprised if Jeff Levy left. Yeah, uh, and like you said, there's so much money involved in college football these days, more so than there has been in the past, that nothing's a 100% certainty anymore. So Jeff Levy may mule shoe us all and go to Alabama, but uh, what I'll continue to reaffirm is that the unanimous belief from the Oklahoma end is that he's not going anywhere at least for another year or two. Okay, let's say the uh, doomsday clock moves to midnight and Jeff Levy does do that, which, again, we don't think he is, but a hypothetical here, what does Oklahoma do for OC? Would it be Joe John Finley? Would it be somebody else? What do you think in that situation Oklahoma would be looking at doing? I mean, to be honest, I haven't even – I've been asked that question several times this week, and I really haven't even entertained it because, on the one hand, I I don't really know – what the recourse would be, and I don't think if Oklahoma, I don't think Oklahoma necessarily has a contingency plan because I think that's how confident they are that Jeff Levy isn't going anywhere. But if he were to, I think they'd take a hard look at promoting from within and maybe going with a guy like Joe John Finley. There would be some external candidates involved as well, and you got to think about who has familiarity with this staff, who has familiarity with the type of scheme that Oklahoma runs. It's a whole can of worms that I think are better left unopened until Jeff Levy leaves, whether that's next week, which, like I said, I don't expect, or in 2025. All right, and uh, I'm sure, you know, I'm getting a couple texts. Levy's not going anywhere from people, and I'm sure you're getting more than I am. I'm sure Tyler McComas is getting no's. Teddy's got to be getting no's, everybody. Uh, so there, there is really not a concern uh, over at the football offices that Jeff Levy is going to be going. I mean, I mean I'm sure they don't like the talk. I'm sure they don't, you know, if you think anything's 100% certain in this day and age, you're kidding yourself. But I think they feel, feel very confident that Jeff Levy is going to be on staff at Oklahoma for a while as the OC. All right, here at Riverwind, Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio tomorrow. Sooners, Alabama, tip time, 1 o'clock, Big 12 SEC Challenge. Bama and Oklahoma will be on ESPN at 1 o'clock. And if you're headed to the game, stop by the Monts for our pregame show. You guys, if you know anything about the University of Oklahoma and Norman, I don't need to tell you where the Mont is. I don't need to tell you what the Mont's all about. You know what it's all about. It's an institution. Stop by there tomorrow, 11 to 12.30, for our pregame show right here on The Ref. Coming right back, we'll hit your texts, and uh, we'll be talking some – conference championships in the nfl coming up here on the ref radio network okay back here at riverwind on a friday great time to be out here well anytime at riverwind casino friday steak night at the river buffet tomorrow night at seafood night sunday's a tremendous brunch chips and ales pub restaurants a great option always they've got a big time food court i mean you've got every option over there taco bueno yeah, Burger King, Panda Express, and an IHOP. I mean, it's great. And uh, once again, the new Member 7 program is always in effect here. If you come out, 
Grab yourself a brand new wild card. It doesn't cost you anything. It's going to help you in a lot of the drawings they have where you have your wild card while you're playing a machine. You might hear your name called over the intercom. You could win cash, bonus play, something else. Big time here at Riverwind. Parker, you know, one of his buddies came out, won a bunch of money here recently. Our niece for the holidays came in for Christmas, back-to-back nights. She came back and netted over $4,000 here at Riverwind Casino. So uh, Justin and the folks out here do a great job marketing and uh, the, the look of the place. All the areas that have been renovated look real, and they look spectacular. And uh, like I said, we're in the fourth quarter of this renovation, and they are winning big time. This is a blowout. This is like the Bob Stoops OU team versus Texas A&M, 77 to nothing, running clock. It is really looking good out here. So get on out here to your one-stop shop for entertainment and winning and dining and a great hotel as well. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Hey, Parker, why don't we go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, and see what people want to talk about. If Levy goes to Bama, asks one listener, would OU fans rethink the forgiveness for the Baylor Association and deem him a villain? You know some people would. Some people, oh, would, yeah. oh, some yeah. people would be like, yeah, we never liked him anyway. We never wanted him here, which is not true. Well, but. I remember the old uh, Levy Spygate situation where Art Bryles had to apologize in a press conference. I apologize to Coach Stoops. You know, uh, Jeff Levy was over on the sideline at, at one of the early non-con games, I think it was, and, you know, there were thoughts that there was some spying going on, but I guess he was, you know, who knows. But, like I said, if Jeff Levy, you know, the vast majority, Parker, of the people that we talked to on the text line wanted him as the OC, and they love the fact that he's coming back, OU DNA and all that stuff. But he could be in the same category as the the mule shoe guy if he left uh, after one year. Yeah, he very much could, which is another reason why I think it's not going to happen. Uh, Elsewhere on the text line, burning your blue blood alma mater after one season just doesn't seem like a wise decision. I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, Isn't there a really good chance Lebby won't be there when Hawkins arrives, even if Lebby stays, asked one listener? Yeah, that is true. That is true, and I think that's something that the Hawkins family has reconciled with, is that there's a, there's a decent chance that Hawkins never takes a snap under the direction of Jeff Levy, but then you go back to the fact that he's an OU legacy, has grown up a Sooner fan, that offer is all he's ever wanted. I think it's going to be water under the bridge in the end, as long as he knows that there's going to be stability one way or another at Oklahoma. Um, Gunny of Stutzman Army simply says, Good afternoon, Steely and Thune. Good afternoon, Gunny. Happy to have you along for the ride. Yes, good afternoon to you, Gunny. Thank you. Thank you very much. By the way, uh, targets, big targets, and I know everybody they have, obviously they're interested in, but uh, besides Michael Hawkins, what are we talking about junior day-wise, big-time prospects for OU that could be home runs? Uh, Big-time prospects that could be home runs in what sense? If Oklahoma ends up getting these guys down the road. You know, the future five-star, high four-star kind of guys. Yeah, well, I think the guy that most immediately jumps to mind is a guy that OU's already in really, really good shape with, and that would be Bryant Wesco out of Midlothian, Texas. Four-star wide receiver, top 25 nationally at the position. He's got two parents that I believe both ran track at Oklahoma, and he's got a sister that plays soccer at Oklahoma, so... 
his recruitment should be pretty open and shut for OU at a certain point, and I think this visit uh, this weekend will help solidify that for Wesco. Um, beyond that, I really, really like Aaron Flowers, the four-star safety out of Forney, Texas, and that's another guy that I very firmly believe will be a Sooner. I have a crystal ball in to reflect that belief. And then another guy at the safety position that's just a dynamic athlete and has Power 5 interest on both sides of the ball, Xavier Filsamy out of McKinney, Texas. Uh, I would say I would start with those three when you're talking about dudes that have the chance to be legitimate studs. And I'm always partial to Peyton Pierce as well just because it's so rare to find a thumper of an inside linebacker this day, uh, these days that also has a ton of speed, and that's Peyton Pierce. Uh, Ronnie Crimson has a question for us. He right. asks, who are some OU breakout players for next season that aren't from the transfer portal? What do you think, Steely? Wow, breakout players not from the portal. I, I mean, after what you saw from Gavin Sawchuk, uh, you know, he could be that guy, right? Gavin Sawchuk played so well against Florida State. We saw a lot of Javante Barnes uh, during the regular season. Guys who aren't in the portal. I, maybe Nick Anderson at wide receiver. Maybe it's a Jaden Gibson kind of guy. Uh, you know, those guys both have, uh, you know, when you look at them getting off the bus and they look like wide receivers, you know, like big-time prototypical NFL kind of guys with their size, certainly. Uh, what do you think, Parker? Somebody not in the portal? I guess you could talk about the, the class coming in and particularly the early enrollees, and we both think the P.J. Adabare is going to play some next year and probably – uh, I would think as the season goes on, probably going to play, uh, I don't know, by by the second half of the season, he could be playing a lot of snaps, if not even earlier. Yeah, he and Peyton Bowen, unsurprisingly, are going to be two guys that are hard to keep off the field on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Samuel Masigo has a chance to be in that conversation as well. Makari Vickers is another guy that I would say, looking at the cornerback room right now, there's a decent chance – that he, I, I, I would say, I would actually go ahead and say that there's a likelihood that Macari Vickers is in the two deep, and I think there's a decent chance he pushes for a starting role in year one, just because I think he's so big and so physical in comparison to some of the other corners that Oklahoma has on the roster. And I'm a big fan of Gentry Williams; he's fast as all get out. But I think what Makari Vickers brings to the table is a skill set unlike any that Oklahoma has at the cornerback position right now. Somebody asked, Parker, is Flowers related to Dimitri Flowers? <laughs> not, to, not to my knowledge. It's a reasonably common surname. I do not, uh, to my understanding, I, I don't believe that there is any relation there. Um, By the way, what did you think of the uh, the two the new uh, two four seven ratings that came out? And and uh, talking to Tyler this morning, uh, was was Peyton Bowen downgraded at all, or what what happened there? He wasn't downgraded. It's just that our rankings council at twenty four seven Sports, for whatever reason, has always been not quite as high on Bowen as the other services. I think they had him ranked number fifty seven overall yesterday. Which look, I. I'm not afraid to say it. I disagree with it, and having watched Peyton Bowen numerous times in person his senior year, it's very difficult to imagine that there are 56 football players in the nation that are better than that kid. But at the same time, 
when you're dealing with the top 150, 200, for the most part, there's going to be a lot of splitting hairs, and there naturally is a lot of subjectivity that comes into play. And Any politics involved at all the way he handled uh, signing day? Could no. that have been any kind of a factor? No, especially because he didn't really move substantially from where they had him ranked previously uh, before signing day. So I, I think... In general, you can look at some physical freaks like David Hicks and P.J. Atabare and conclude that you know what they bring to the table from a physical perspective as well as their production at the prep level just sets them apart and makes them a clear-cut five-star guy. But with the vast majority of guys inside the top 150 or 200, you can make a compelling case for any of those guys over any one of their peers. So... There's Seven top 100 guys, I guess, for OU, right, in the in the uh, the last rankings. And was was it Vickers or somebody else who was, like, just outside the top 100? Yeah, so it was – the Sooners ended up with seven in the top 100. I think one guy that was just off the podium was Jacoby Johnson, who ended up at, like, 117. Then you had Lewis Carter a little bit further down, but still within the top 150. Derek LeBlanc was a guy that took a massive drop all across the board for every recruiting service. I'm not really sure why. My best guess is that he didn't participate in the All-American game, which cost him a chance uh, to get some real-life, up-close and personal exposure in front of some uh, recruiting analysts who have substantial say in the rankings process that haven't evaluated him in person yet. Uh, but Derek LeBlanc is another guy that I think he finishes at number 244 overall in the 24-7 sports composite. There aren't 243 better football players in the nation than Derek LeBlanc. Yeah, and now it's all about we'll see what you do, right? Uh, the the uh, all-star circuit didn't seem to affect uh, Arch Manning's ratings. By the way, I think I just found Arch Manning's student ID here on the floor at Riverwind. No way. Wow. Yes, it, there it is right there Which, and his wild card. Holy cow, man. Is he on the slot machines? I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's in here somewhere. I'll see if I can find him. All right. Okay, we got a break right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Friday edition of Steelman and Thune at noon. You're here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Let's talk a little uh, conference championship football and hear from former Sooner and Alabama quarterback Jalen Hurts. We'll do that next. We are back. Good to have you with us. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Ah, yes, here at Riverwind Casino. Love being out here every day. Friday is a great day to be out here. Come out, win some money, win a jackpot, have a great lunch out here at Chips and Ales or the food court. Tonight, the River Buffet, steak night, all you can eat. Steak for nineteen ninety nine and uh, tremendous side dishes, dessert bar afterwards. Always something happening here at Riverwind Casino. Really, they've got everything covered here for you. Everything, all right? We have two conference championship games on tap Sunday, and the first one out on Sunday is a two o'clock kickoff between the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now. I know there was a ridiculous argument about who can claim Jalen Hurts and who can't. He played at both schools. It's pretty simple. Both schools can claim him. These Twitter stupid social media arguments are just, I think that's where I get my, uh, the two started hurting. It's just like people argue over the dumbest stuff 
forever these days. I mean, it's ridiculous. But anyway, that's my old man uh, moment for the day. Jalen Hurts, though, who would have thought? I, I thought Jalen Hurts' greatest moment, in my opinion, he had a rough night because he fumbled a lot, but was that game in Waco where they had to come back against Baylor. It looked like they were going to get run right out of Waco. And I can still remember he and Muleshoe, you know, big smiles on their faces after they pull off this incredible comeback. Now, little did we know at that moment that one of them was a total rat bastard. <laughs> but it was a great moment. Right? <laughs> I, I'm just speaking the truth here. No, I'm just I mean, speaking I... the truth. Truth oh, bombs. Man. I'm dropping, man. I just dropped a bomb on you, baby. I dropped a bomb. No, I didn't. Uh, anyway, let's hear from Jalen Hurts. Who uh, also, here's what Jalen Hurts could do this year. Win a Super Bowl, win an MVP award. Maybe he'd be the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, the Eagles, they, they've got a squad, man. And you have to, again, respect what he's done. I think a lot of us thought of the uh, Sooners trio of quarterbacks that uh, Kyler might be uh, the, the best with Baker second and then Jalen Hurts third. But Jalen Hurts is a workhorse, man. He gets in there and gets, I mean, he just... He focuses on football and discipline and getting better all the time. Here's what Jalen said the other day about what's been the key for him and for the Eagles. I think I, have, I just have the desire to, to, to win. I think I have a desire to win. I put the work in for it, um, try and be diligent with everything, I try and be the best teammate and leader that I can be, and ultimately try and set, set the pace um, and, and set the temperature of the room. I think as a team, uh, we just come a very long way. And um, the beautiful beautiful thing about everything is that we've continued to just try and climb. Um, I tell them all the time, I said, there, there's no point where you'll arrive. There's only the journey. And we just want to continue to live on that journey, but definitely trying to take steps in the right direction, making um, daily deposits and you know, putting the work in every day, staying true to ourselves and our process. There you go. And, uh, Parker, we heard a lot of similar comments at OU, you know, when Jalen Hurts met with the media. And remember in the post game, he had to work out first, get his lifting in, then he'd come meet the media. And you're kind of like, man, that's so much coach speak. All right, we get it. But you know what? He's a guy who lives up to all of that, right? He's a guy who, who I'm sure he has a million sayings, you know, on his refrigerator or something about, you know, the daily deposits, whatever. But Jalen Hurts lives that, man, no doubt. Jalen Hurts does, and I think what stands out most when I think about Jalen Hurts as a Sooner is you remember how the guy would go to the weight room after sitting down in the fourth yeah. quarter when Oklahoma would be up big and he'd start working out? He'd be working out after games before he took the podium for his postgame press conferences. I mean, that's just the type of player that he is, and little – Little did we know. I think Jalen Hurts must have realized what many of us hadn't realized yet, which was that Benny Wiley's workouts were a scam and that he needed to get those lift sessions in on his own time if he was going to prepare himself adequately for the NFL. And, hey, it's paid off for him, man. I You have to feel good for Jalen Hurts because for anybody that interacted with him during his time at Oklahoma, he is a consummate pro a phenomenal leader, and a guy that quite honestly, Steely, just based on his physical limitations, I was one of those that never really believed that Jalen Hurts was going to be a long-term starter in the NFL. He has yeah, blown everybody's expectations out of the water and you continues know, to. 
He's a guy, and we all know somebody like this, right, whatever line of work they're in, that they just keep putting in the work, and eventually they get better, and we look and we go, wow, that guy, I, I, I never expected he could get to this level. But, you know, and Jalen Hurts hasn't done it with any shortcuts. Sure, he has natural ability, but the guy works his tail off. And uh, it's all about he lives those sayings that he throws out there in every press conference. He's Some of these guys, you're like, yeah, okay, okay right, right. You just, you know, this is what you're supposed to say. And you're kind of like, ah, I'm not sure I believe that. With Jalen Hurts, <laughs> that dude, there's no doubt that he does everything that he talks about. Um, and, again, I think it's going to be really cool. You've got three former Big 12 quarterbacks, you know, uh, and one that destroyed Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl in this Final Four with Brock Purdy against Jalen Hurts. We remember the game in Norman, 42-41. The Sooners got the big lead, uh, held off Iowa State, and stopped that two-point play to win the game. And then you have, uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes playing for Kansas City. It looks like he's going to be okay. He's not going to be 100%, but it looks like maybe he's not going to be as bad as we initially thought. The line's up to one and a half in that game at Arrowhead. The Bengals in Kansas City, 530 on CBS coming up on a Sunday. Can the Bengals make it three in a row? They won there at Arrowhead, won the AFC Championship last year. Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, those guys, man, what a ride they've had in Cincinnati so far. All right, let's thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. We have another hour to go from here at Riverwind and in studio. Keep it right here. Welcome back, hour number two here on the ref. Mike Steely here at Riverwind Casino, my home away from home. Good to have you with us as we charge into the weekend. You get Parker back in studio, the Buffalo Wild Wings Studios. We want to thank our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Great selection, great guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you from the Seth Wadley Auto Group. All right, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We're going to get to a a bunch of your texts here in a minute. Uh, Keep them rolling in. Let's get ready. The weekend's here. And, uh, again, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, Oklahoma hosting Alabama uh, on ESPN. And, again, our pregame show. We've got a pregame show tomorrow as the Sooners uh, host the number two team in the country in Alabama, 11 to 12.30 tomorrow at the Mont. So you want to get involved in some pregame festivities well, you know what the Mont's all about, great food, great uh, drinks. I mean, the uh, the swirl is legendary. The Mont's queso is legendary. It's a great place to come pregame with us tomorrow, 11 to 12.30 at the Mont. Then swing on over to the Lloyd Noble Center and get ready for Oklahoma and Alabama. So, Parker Thune, if Oklahoma has any chance of resurrecting this season, they need a Lazarus-like comeback after what happened against TCU earlier in the week, because that was ugly. But if they could somehow, you know, win this game against Alabama, you know, there's there's hope again. Well, and I think there's hope regardless of whether they win or lose tomorrow against Alabama. But I think at a certain point, you have to have reason to believe in this team. 
And there's not much of it right now, Steely. There's not. Not based on the way that they're playing. Not based on the way that they went to Schulmeyer Arena and got shellacked on Tuesday night by a battered TCU team. I, I have my concerns about Oklahoma staying afloat in a very tough Big 12. And so, uh, to me, I'm not, I'm not looking at this Alabama game tomorrow with the expectation that Oklahoma is going to win or even the hope that Oklahoma is going to win. You know, if they pull an upset, great. But to me, I think tomorrow against the Crimson Tide is about building confidence, staying with a team that's far more physically talented than you on paper, and having something to feel all right about as you prepare to hit the home stretch in Big 12 play. And again, we talked about uh, Brandon Miller, the 6'9 freshman for Alabama. He looks at some of these draft boards. I mean, clearly the guy that's going to be number one. And like I said, this is the biggest number one, uh, you know, tap-in putt since LeBron came out. That's Victor Wambanyama, uh, clearly. But, you know, you see a couple of those draft boards that have Brandon Miller, the 6'9 freshman from Alabama, if not two, just below, like, Scoot Henderson at number two, the guard which is a great name, by the way, Scoot Henderson. But um, once again, this kid can play, man. He's 6'9", he's lanky. Uh, Porter compared him to, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, 19.5 points, eight rebounds a game, couple of assists, one-and-a-half blocks, and he shoots 45% from three, 45% from three-point range. And uh, Bama's going to shoot a bunch of threes. They play a little bit like Billy used to play. The Sooners used to play with Billy Tubbs. And they want to get you to play their tempo. And they'll let you maybe even take a couple open shots, you know, because they want to go get the rebound, get the ball, and get down court again and play offense. And that's where I think even back in Billy's days, particularly in the early days, where, you know, some of the national uh, basketball analysts criticized, you know, well, Oklahoma's all flashy and everything. Great offense with no defense. But it was all about... They, it was how they wanted to play. They wanted to run. They wanted you to take a quick shot. They wanted to get the ball and get back down court. And uh, that's kind of what this Alabama team does. So the Sooners, this is going to be a uh, you know a game of pace with the Sooners. You're going to have to slow it down. Mississippi State did it the other night. This game was at Alabama, and they had to tie down seven points at halftime, and they Alabama rallied, won the game 66-63, but the Sooners are going to have to slow it down. You know, they're going to have to get rebounds, and again, if it comes down to crunch time, uh, the Sooners are going to have to make plays. And you know what happened last Saturday? It looked like Oklahoma was in a good spot, and then Baylor made its last four threes that it attempted. And uh, it was a dagger in the heart of uh, the Oklahoma basketball team, certainly last week. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. And again, pregame, for us, if you want to come out to pregame, 11 to 12.30 at the month. Uh, do you want to get to the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line? We do have our Friday chat with Brandon Drum coming up, talking Junior Day, talking to Michael Hawkins, talking Portal, talking all kinds of recruiting stuff with Brandon at 1.35. But why don't we hear what people want to talk about on the text line right now, Parker? Russ in Atlanta says, Any reason you can think of why Nick Saban would be having lunch at the Boomerang on North Porter? He ordered a bacon ranch, cheeseburger, onion rings, and a strawberry shake. Seems like a lot of calories for a guy like Nick Saban. Also, it's that tongue- ain't true. Yeah, it's tongue in cheek for those. That yeah, can't that's tell. good because they 
that kind of stuff always starts, or the plane tracker or something. I remember, who was it? It was Mike Krzyzewski was here a while back, I think when the Thunder was looking for a new coach or whatever, and Mike Krzyzewski was spotted at uh, Mickey Mantle Steakhouse. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. All right, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, from the 580, if they're dropping Derek LeBlanc in the rankings for reasons like not being in the All-American game, why don't they use the standard for – or why don't they use the same standard for Arch Manning? Like, it, I would hope we all understand at this point that Arch Manning is not held to the same standard as everyone if else. If he was, yeah, if he was Arch LeBlanc, it would probably <laughs> be the same deal. And if it was Derek Manning, it would probably be flipped, right? Yeah, look, you want to you talk about politics as far as recruiting rankings are concerned. That's kind of where the conversation starts with uh, Arch Manning. And thankfully, all of this is behind us now. The final 2023 rankings have been updated. They're not going to move again. Arch Manning is the composite number one overall player, and that's what we have to live with from here on out. And it'll be all the more gratifying for Oklahoma fans if three years down the road, Arch hasn't done anything substantial as Texas's quarterback. So, yeah, look, his last name is Manning. You, you heard Adam Gorney of Rivals pretty much acknowledge, over, and we talked about it earlier in the week, that his ranking is primarily due to the fact that he has the Manning pedigree. And Gorney and his rationale for keeping Arch Manning at number one in Rivals rankings rattled off like five or six reasons why it makes sense for people to be apprehensive about Manning, given the level of competition that he's faced and his unwillingness to put himself out there against the best of the best in scenarios like the Elite 11 and in environments like the All-American game. But it's just it's just the reality. There has always been an arch bias in the recruiting rankings and there will continue to be as we go forward. They're already talking about there's already noise being made about a quarterback battle between Arch and Quinn Ewers at the University of Texas this fall, which probably says more about Quinn Ewers than it does about Arch Manning. But the Arch hype isn't going to die down until he gets on the field and proves that it doesn't hold any water. And maybe he turns out to be really good. That's certainly on the table as well. Arch, despite the fact that he's never played any semblance of legitimate competition could show up to texas and be really 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 good he's certainly big enough he's got enough arm talent you don't question the genetics but nobody knows what they're getting in arch manning the people who are in charge of the recruiting rankings the people who make those decisions are willing to bet on the pedigree there are a lot of other folks across the nation that are not i am one of those that is not but guess what i don't make the rankings I don't have a substantial say. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, there was another uh, quarterback who went to the University of Texas who had the NFL pedigree. And I know Arch is Cooper's son, but, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Chris Sims showed up. They had a decent career at Texas. Wasn't great. Didn't live up to the hype. Wasn't a total bust. But we'll see how Arch, uh, you know, how it unfolds for Arch Manning. It'll be interesting to see. Um you know, what's going to happen? Will he have a chance to play next year? Could he beat out Quinn Ewers? I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But there's certainly a lot of hype. By the way, speaking of Chris Sims, 
I, I don't get, you know, when he's on with Florio, he looks like he's like 12 years old and he's going to Sunday school for the first time. He's got the finely coiffed hairdo, but it looks like he went to the old corner barber shop that had that little, you know, spinning thing, like Floyd. Floyd from Mayberry cut cut his hair, and then he's got like his shirt buttoned all the way. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen the videos? I'm like Chris Sims looks like he's like a 12 year old kid. It's very bizarre. Yeah. By the way, uh, on the text line, Steely, you need to shut down some some rumors here because Mike from Ardmore texted in and said, "I heard that Steel Man had gout." <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I was not out with the gout, okay? <laughs> it was a bad tooth. Yard bird. Oh, uh, let's see what else we have on the text line before we hit a break here. Uh, Sean said, Saban isn't eating on Porter. Yes, we know. We know. Yeah, like I said, it was a tongue-in-cheek comment mm-hmm. on the text line from Russ in Atlanta. Uh, you know what? Uh, the... the Man, I used to work at the Boomerang uh, and got fired from the Boomerang, my fast food career. I was fired more times than George Steinbrenner fired Billy Martin back in the day. So I I was not cut out for the fast food industry. But I can tell you those onion rings are real and they are awesome. Same recipe, Johnny's Charcoal Broiler. Have you you, uh, experienced Johnny's Charcoal Broiler yet? No, I have not. Ah, you need to. You need to go experience that place too where, where is this well there's one and more and uh, there's one up on britain road i'm trying to think they've got another new location too but there's one and more on the south side uh that is you know just go i'm telling you it's you'll love it and you got to get the onion rings you've got to get the onion rings okay this is it's I'm, onion I'm ring making, heaven i'm making a mental note of this yeah i will make you it you can do it Okay, 405-651-3439. Got a break real quick. We'll come back with more texts. And, again, uh, pregame tomorrow for Oklahoma and Alabama, the number two team in the country rolling into the LNC. Hopefully there will be a great crowd. The four for 40 deal is on again. That's a great deal for you. Get out, support the Sooners. Maybe they can take down the tide and uh, get their season rolling again. We shall see. I'm here at Riverwind Parker in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Let's come back, revisit the text line next here on The Ref. Let's go into our second segment of hour number two. Mike Steely with you here at Riverwind Casino. It's another fabulous Friday out here. If you don't have a Riverwind wild card, if you've been out to Riverwind, uh, you know, you, you want to get that wild card. It doesn't cost you anything. You get some free bonus play right off the bat and uh, it helps you in all the giveaways you uh, you're playing a uh, a gaming machine you've got your wild card inserted in there and guess what you could hear your name called at any minute in one of the giveaways riverwind has uh, the very best promotions out here one of them is the new member seven again come on out and as a new patron get a riverwind wild card you can win up to 450 dollars in one Day. If you hear the Oompa Loompas theme song, that's because I am right next to the Willy Wonka Dreamers of Dreams machine. So occasionally the Oompa Loompas might be singing in the background. Just just letting you know. All right, Brandon Drum coming up on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. 
at 135 here on the ref. Parker, why don't we do some more texts this segment, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's do it. Uh, from the 918, Parker, any early word on how guys are looking at winter workouts, especially the early enrollees? Well, I, this isn't going to be too terribly surprising, but the two guys that have really made some eyeballs pop are Peyton Bowen and P.J. Atabare. I saw that uh, the video that uh, Jackson Arnold and, uh, and Peyton Bowen got a nutritious shake they were very happy about. A nutritious, a nutritious shake. What did you see? Did you see the shake? You know, they got one of those. Uh, I guess after practice, uh, nutritious shakes. Oh, I they missed looked, this. Look very good. They look very happy about it. So, um, yeah, it's and again, basically, they're just going through drills with Schmitty, strength and conditioning, getting a little feel for what that's all about, right? I mean, that, that's that's clearly all they're doing right now. But you did say that. Po- Peyton Bowen ran a pretty good time, correct? Uh, he did. One of the fastest times of anybody on the roster, uh, which if you've watched him play, you watch the, the not just the straight line speed, but the real-life applicable game speed that he has in shoulder pads. It's like he's gliding out there, and that's part of why I believe that he could be an early impact guy for Oklahoma on the defensive side, and I'm very curious to see if Oklahoma is willing to use him all or willing to use him at all in the return game because my question is, does he prove too valuable defensively at a certain point that you don't roll him out there on special teams? I go back to what happened in the TCU game at the beginning of this past October with Billy Bowman, right? He gets dinged up on a kick return, and all of a sudden he's sidelined for a couple weeks. And as you saw over the course of that uh, TCU game, once Bowman departed, and sat out due to injury for the remainder of that contest, there was nobody on Billy Bowman's level that could fill the void that he left. So is Peyton Bowen that type of player in the long run where he's too valuable to use as a returner? I don't know. But I I will say this. He's a capable enough returner that if they use him in that capacity as a freshman, he could make one or two game-breaking plays over the course of the season. There you go. By the way, I just got a uh, question coming in off of uh, Twitter DM. Steely, how do you rank the Big 12 SEC Challenge matchups? Well, it would take too much time to rank all of them, but I would go number one would be uh, Texas at Tennessee, which is the 5 o'clock game on ESPN. Uh, Two on the list, I'm going to go with Kansas at Kentucky because, you know, KU – uh, was rolling, and now they've hit a bump in the road, and, you know, people want to fire John Calipari at Kentucky. They've had an, a tumultuous season by their standards, so I would go with that one uh, second. Remember, Kentucky came in there last year and, and just routed the Jayhawks. Number three for me would be, uh, you know, uh, Arkansas at Baylor because Arkansas was thought to be a Final Four team, and they have completely cratered, and they have to go to Waco tomorrow to play the Baylor Bears, who are playing really good basketball. They have uh, they got off to an 0-3 start in conference. They've rallied. They're 17 in the country, so that would be number three. And then the rest of them, you know, Bama at Oklahoma obviously is big because we're curious to see how the Sooners, you know, bounce back after that embarrassment in Fort Worth. Uh, by the way, the Cowboys tomorrow night in the nightcap, last game of the challenge, it'll be Old Miss 
in Stillwater taking on the Cowboys. But I, I would I would go again, Texas at Tennessee, one, Kansas at Kentucky, two, and I'm going to Arkansas at Baylor, number three. All right, let's go back to that text line. Uh, first off, I want to ask you, what do you think about the uh, buzz that John Calipari might be the next basketball coach at Texas? Because I know there's been a lot of folks having that conversation on social media the last few weeks ever since Chris Beard was fired because – as you mentioned, the Kentucky folk are getting a little impatient with Coach Cal, and Texas has never shied away from making a – I, I, I don't even know whether I would call it a slam dunk hire, a home run hire, a splashy hire. That's probably yeah, the right word. Yeah. It, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you know, John Calipari is who he is. There, You know, I remember John Chaney wanted to kill him. In a press conference. I'll kill you, Calipari. I'll kill you. Uh, but um, it, it wouldn't shock me because of Texas's money. And, uh, you know, you, they thought, you know, they had their next coach for the next decade in Chris Beard. And then they had that psycho incident and everything changed. So uh, I wouldn't dismiss that buzz at all. Not at all. By the way, speaking of college basketball, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we learned today that Billy Packer, passed away at the age of 82. Now, Billy Packer last did the Final Four in, I believe, 2008. It's been that long, which is crazy, absolutely crazy. But I grew up as an old and uh, grew up with Billy Packer. Passed away at 82 years old. He was the lead analyst for 34 straight Final Fours, 34 in a row. And I remember the original trio the team that really was the first big uh, broadcast team in college basketball and they were on NBC at the time before Packer went to CBS Dick Enberg Al McGuire Billy Packer I can still remember watching so many of those games uh, because I loved 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 college basketball just as much as college football back then it was totally different you know because you didn't have the one and dones and it was just a different you could count on you know hey Indiana, 76 Indiana, you know, you had, what, four seniors and a junior, I think, on that team, and they were all pretty highly recruited when they they went there. That wouldn't happen today. But I still remember watching still the most watched final of all time, the 1979 Magic versus Bird, Michigan State versus Indiana State at the Huntsman Center in Salt Lake City, and that transformed basketball. Uh, you know, it took college basketball to even a bigger level. And it once they got in the NBA, Magic and Bird completely transformed the NBA. The NBA had a reputation of being a drug-infested, no defense, nobody cares. They didn't even have a great TV contract. Magic and Bird changed everything. And I can still remember Billy Packer. Uh, broadcasting that game, and I can still remember Billy Packer later uh, in the 83 championship game. They won it on the dunk on, uh, you know, Derek Wittenberg's miss and uh, Lorenzo Charles' putback slam. The one and only Teddy Lehman is here, ladies and gentlemen. He is ready to tear up some machines in the poker room right now. Cash money. Cash Lehman is here. He'll be on at 3 o'clock today, by the way. But, yeah, Billy Packer, big part of my childhood, and uh, passed away again at the age of 82. So there you go. You want to get one more in? You want to break? Parker, you make the call. Let's get one more text here. 
Uh, I All don't right. think there is ever anyone that is too valuable for special teams. When OU was good, there was never anyone that was held off of special teams because they were, quote-unquote, too good for special teams. Roy Williams was never held off of it. DeMarco Murray was never held off of it. And I know he got hurt. But, man, we were good when those guys were on special teams. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a certain coach's philosophy. I know a lot of those guys, Bob Stoops' guys, Barry Switzer, you know, they had some athletes that were on special teams too. No doubt about it. Okay, let's break right here. We have Brandon Drum coming up, 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We should be able to get to some more in our final segment. And uh, don't forget our pregame show tomorrow before the Sooners, Alabama tip at 1 o'clock at the LNC. We will be on the air from 11 to 1230 at the Mont. That's all I have to say. You guys know where it is. If you're coming to Norman, you know where the Mont is, and that's where we're going to have our pregame party tomorrow, 11 to 1230. Coming right back with Brandon Drum next here on The Ref. Here we go with our friend Brandon Drum, 247sportsouinsider.com, joining us every Friday right here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon, we appreciate your time. Uh, The Michael Hawkins situation, uh, you know, I know Parker, and I'm sure you feel like it's still going to be Oklahoma, but, you know, these uh, Jeff Levy stories, again, about interest from Alabama, you know, are – Parker's talking about this meeting this weekend on Junior Day. Uh, I'm sure he'll get some answers. I, I don't think any of us yeah. think that Levy's going, but this weekend, this Junior Day weekend, is going to be big. Yeah, I, I actually just was on OU Insider and got on Parker's thread and kind of explained that exact thing to some people. I was like, look, fans want answers. They want Jeff Levy to come out and say, I'm not going to go anywhere. Well, if we're being honest, it's not anyone's business how he handles it. It's his business. And I think for fans, that's hard to grasp sometimes because they feel like, well, you know, I cheer for that person and I cheer for that team. So they, I deserve to know where they're going to be next year and how they're going to do it when – in reality, that's a family decision and his own personal decision and how he handles it with recruits and all that type of stuff. And I get that they feel like it's affecting things in the recruiting world. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, you know. But at the same time, I feel that, you know, it's probably best for Levy to talk to Hawkins in person and not over the phone and really sit down and explain it. He's going to be the only quarterback on campus this weekend. So, therefore... Jeff Levy is going to spend an inordinate amount of time with him while he's on campus. Therefore, there will be a lot of conversations had, and I'm almost 100% guaranteeing that the Alabama conversation will come up, and there will be some answers given to Hawkins and all that type of stuff. And we'll probably know a little bit more about the situation following that because I think he probably feels like he Hawkins deserves to know what's going on more than the public because that's who he has a personal relationship with. So that's how that's how I've grasped it. And I know a lot of coaches actually handle it that way. Um, they don't go out and publicly state, I'm not going to go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. They just kind of go about their business and let the chips fall as they, as they do as, as time goes on. So 
uh, that's how I think this is all going to play out. Um, I still think he Levy stays at Oklahoma. I talked to some people over the last 24 hours that continue to state that, look, he's he's letting people know I have no intentions of going anywhere around Norman. So that's probably as good as you're going to get <laughs> publicly unless he does decide to go to Alabama uh, and change his mind. And when that happens, okay, then, then now we've got a conversation to be had. But right now it's just rumors and innuendos at this point. Now – Brandon, as we think about what the recruiting cycle and the wave of commitments looked like for Oklahoma last year and year one for this staff, the surge really didn't come until June or July. But heading into the junior day this weekend, it really does seem like Oklahoma's picked up a lot of early steam with several of these guys that are going to be on campus. So if you could put together kind of an informal commit watch list, who are some of the guys that you think stand a really good chance uh, of maybe pulling the trigger early in the process, not necessarily this weekend, but guys for whom this weekend could be a big factor in securing an early decision? Uh, I mean, I think first and foremost, you and I have discussed, I think Zadavian Sims is one that Oklahoma's in a really good spot with. Michigan State obviously believes that they're in a really good spot with him, and that, that's probably the case considering that he's really good friends would buy Job, and obviously C4 has a good connection with Michigan State, but if you are on Twitter today and have been on Twitter over the last few weeks, there's been one program that's been around Duran, Oklahoma, more than any other, and that's been the University of Oklahoma with Brandon Hall, Todd Bates, Chavis, and now Brent Venables all showing up uh, down there at C4. They're making it known that that's a priority, that organization's a priority, so I would say the Davian Sims is is up there. Um, I, I guess another name would be Max Anderson. Obviously, his brother has been at Oklahoma for a few years. Uh, he's a four-star offensive lineman out of Frisco. Uh, he's really good player. He's bigger and stronger than his brother was out of high school too. So I think that's another thing that will probably help him. Uh, when he gets or if he gets to Oklahoma at some point uh, or commits to Oklahoma at some point. So I think Oklahoma stands a really good shot there. Uh, Eli Bowen's another name, obviously, another player that has recruit that has a brother that's in Norman. Uh, this time, it's they're a year apart. They're very close. Uh, Eli has always wanted to play alongside his brother, so... I think in that, that that point when I knew Eli had very little interest in Notre Dame, that was kind of the point where in September you kind of knew that the Peyton Bowen situation was never going to end up in South Bend as well because they've always said, we want to play together. And Oklahoma and Oregon have always been Eli's top two schools. Obviously now how things have changed with Oregon, with the – their coach that uh, was recruiting them is now the D.C. at Baylor. Uh, things look really good for Oklahoma at this point, and I don't know that that's going to take very long. I would assume by April or May that this one should be over with Eli Bowen as Oklahoma. Um, I guess another name would be Bryant Wesco because his, I think his sister goes to Oklahoma and both his parents graduated and ran track at Oklahoma. So, He's a four-star wide receiver out of Midlothian, Texas, in the DFW area. Has a strong, strong relationship 
with new wide receiver coach Emma Jones. I mean, again, another name that I think is on watch. And then you've got to go with, look, I get Zeno Umiazulu's brother plays at Texas. And he was, he's an offensive lineman there. But I will add this. Zoo is that's what Zena goes by. Zoo, uh, he's really close with Michael Hawkins and Devon Mitchell. And uh, yes, Devon Mitchell's originally from 2025 five-star tight end at Allen. Is originally from Alabama, but those three are best friends. And there's a reason why all three are visiting Oklahoma this weekend. And I think if Hawk decides he's going to commit to Oklahoma publicly. I think things start moving pretty quickly with Zoo and Devon Mitchell. That's just my opinion at this point. Uh, I I think Oklahoma is in a really good spot to have an excellent, excellent class in 24 and really, really, really good class in 25, mainly because the OK Preps is insanely talented in 25. And then also in 26, there's, there's a lot of really good talent, 26 and 27, in the state of Oklahoma. It's probably... As far as consecutive classes, those three classes might be 25, 26, 27, might be the three most talented three consecutive years in a row that we've seen in a long time in Oklahoma. All right, Brandon, uh, we've got just a couple minutes left. Any any thoughts on the final uh, 247 rankings, whether individual, team, anything? Anything stand out to you? I mean, I – I'm a company man, so I'll say I'll, I'll, I'll tread lightly here. But uh, I will say this: Jackson Arnold deserved to be higher than ten. And I think there's a lot of people around 24/7 that agree with. I, I know for a fact there is. Uh, let's just say that there's 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 some things that play into that. Um, obviously, there, there's a lot of. You can just call Archan on or whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm with that. But at the same time, I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's a top 32. He's a five-star guy. He's not the number one player in the country. I don't even think he's a top 10 player in the country. But that's neither here nor there. I do think Dante Moore is rated really well. I, I also, you know, I, I, I thought the top four quarterbacks, are always were always the top four quarterbacks outside of Arch because I've always thought Malachi was better than Arch. Um, Peyton Bowen, I always thought deserved to be ranked higher. I never understood what twenty four sevens questions were with him, but at the end of the day, when you look at the composite scores and stuff like that, Oklahoma still ended up with the number five class in the country, and. You know, Peyton Bowen is still a five-star. So Oklahoma ended up with three five-stars. And when's the last time you could say Oklahoma did that? And not just did that, they did it where two of them were defensive guys and they weren't all on offense. So I think you're starting to see some things move in a different direction for Oklahoma positively. There's a lot of balance across the board in that class. And, I mean, it's the best class in the last decade that Oklahoma's had and, and by a long shot. And I think – there's a good chance that 2024 you could have back-to-back top five classes because it looks like there's Oklahoma has a chance to really pull that off. And we're talking about that in January, which is crazy. So if that starts to happen, you know, you're looking 
Oklahoma setting himself up really well going into the SEC, and that's got to make Oklahoma fans really happy, to be honest. All right, Brandon, before we let you go, I'm going to give you a chance to call your shot very early. And if you're right, we will all revere you. If you're wrong, no one will remember this conversation even happened. The first commit of the class of 2025 for Oklahoma is whom? Oh, my gosh, Parker. Um, Kevin Sperry, Jr. Ooh. Okay. Who were you, you going to go with? Who were you going to go with? Uh, I, I I would probably stick to my guns and say Isaiah Mosey, but yeah, Kevin Sperry. That's that's a name that Sooner fans should get familiar with if they aren't already. Yeah, it hasn't been offered yet, but I can tell you this: if he does get offered, it won't last long. <laughs> Commit will happen pretty quickly, uh, and he is one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Uh, he is up there really high on the board. I think he's going to get the offer at quarterback or it is going to be Grady Adamson out of Deer Creek, if I was to guess at this point, as far as 2025 quarterbacks. There you go. Brandon Drum joining us every Friday right here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Brandon, have a great weekend. We will talk to you next week. All right. Thank you all. Brandon Drum joining us as he does every Friday here on Steel Man and Thune at noon. All right. uh, Locked in coming up at 2 o'clock. Teddy Lehman's going to be out here at Riverwind at three so teddy will be out here broadcasting live uh and again he'll be on the mic here at three o'clock we've got locked in of course with parker and tyler mccomas coming up top of the hour at two o'clock take a break come back some final notes for you on this friday keep it here Final segment for us on this Friday. Uh, Parker, of course, is going to be on uh, with Tyler McComas for Locked In at 2 o'clock. Teddy Lehman will be out here at Riverwind uh, at 3 today. And uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. You have Sooner basketball coming up tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Or my my bad, 1 o'clock. I'm thinking the number 2 in my head for Alabama being the number 2 in, team in the country. 1 o'clock on ESPN pregame. Uh, with Tyler McComas tomorrow, 11 to 12.30 at the Mont to get you ready for the game. Uh, we, of course, have the uh, Thunder in action, by the way, tonight. Paycom Center, the Cavs in Oklahoma City, will be uh, happening tonight at 7 o'clock. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, not named an all-star starter yesterday. Should have been, I think, but uh, was not. But he will definitely be an all-star selection. There's no doubt about that. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. And I did see the Athletics' new rookie rankings in the NBA, and they did have um, Jalen Williams at number three. Clearly, Paulo Bancaro Bancaro has been um, number one. They had Benedict Matherin um, number two and Jalen Williams number three. So uh, Jalen Williams has had a fantastic rookie year. I like him a lot. Really good, kind of a Swiss Army knife guy, too. And uh, think about what Oklahoma City could look like next year with a healthy Chet Holmgren as well. All right, uh, Parker, big plans for the weekend, Junior Day. uh, Another busy weekend, I guess, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be headed down to Dallas, as a matter of fact, tomorrow. 
uh, to take in the Shock Doctor 7-on-7 tournament that's going to be down there. All the while doing my best to keep up with the Junior Day happenings back at the University of Oklahoma, staying in touch with people uh, close to the program within the Switzer Center, trying to keep a pulse on everything that is happening for the Sooners' first big or the Sooners' first big Junior Day of 2023. So yes, busy weekend upcoming, busy off season upcoming in general. Busy couple months ahead on the recruiting trail. But as you heard Brandon talk about, it shouldn't be too much longer before we find out who's going to be first through the wall and give Oklahoma their first commitment of the class of 2024. Who do you like in the NFL games this weekend? Ah, uh, gosh, I, I, I got to roll with Jalen Hurts in Philly just because if there's an NFL team that has looked darn near unstoppable when they're clicking this year, it's Philly to me. So I think Jalen Hurts is starting a Super Bowl in year three in the NFL. How wild is that? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Philly. And then, man, it's interesting because – as far as the Chiefs and the Bengals are concerned, you have to wonder, at what point is Kansas City going to break through? And it feels weird to be saying that about Kansas City, but the Bengals have had their number. They've beaten them in no three doubt. consecutive matchups over the last 365 days plus a few. When you go back to the first week of January in 2022, they beat them at the end of the regular season. They beat them in the AFC playoffs last year, and then they beat them in the regular season just a few weeks ago. So Joe Burrow and the Bengals have really had Kansas City's number as of late. But I say but. I I, I would go with Kansas City if Patrick Mahomes was at 100%. Since he is not and especially since Cincinnati has had so much success against the Chiefs recently, I think your Super Bowl in 2023 is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think Cincinnati's going to do it again. Somebody asked me on uh, Twitter again, how do I rank the quarterbacks left? I mean, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes 1, Joe Burrow 2, Jalen Hurts 3, Brock Purdy 4. You know, And Jalen Hurts uh, is climbing that ladder, man. No doubt, and he may very well uh, be the MVP of the league. And, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, quickly establishing himself as one of the elite quarterbacks in football. Now, he's not there on that upper shelf right now. Joe Burrow, I think, uh, Joe Burrow has put himself there. Don't you think, Parker? Joe Burrow's a dude, man. I mean, he is... Uh, you know, and, and the job that Zach Taylor has done there in Cincinnati is unbelievable. Norman Notoriously, Zone. yeah. Notoriously, uh, the Bengals have been known as the cheapest organization in football. Now, they did have that Super Bowl, of course. Well, a couple of them. They lost to the 49ers. But, you know, what, uh, what this team has done and, uh, you know, Joe Mixon was a villain in college and now he's become – you know, a hero there. The fans love him in Cincinnati, and he certainly has, has been a great comeback story from a horrible situation. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan again. Uh, it's it's a fun team to watch. And they went into Buffalo, and they dominated last week. They absolutely dominated. So I'm with you. I'm going to go Bengals to win the late one, and I'm going to go with Philly uh, to win. Um, George Kittle's going to have to have a big game, and uh, we'll see. Brock Purdy against Jalen Hurts again. Okay, we want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour, Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Great selection, great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life, 
on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Come on out this weekend to Riverwind. Win yourself some money. Have a great meal at the River Buffet or Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant or over at the food court. It is your one-stop shop for winning and entertainment. They've got a great hotel. All your favorite games are here. Great poker room. Riverwind Casino, the one for games, for rewards, for service, for everything. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Have a great weekend. We'll see you.